Welcome to Deal Live. Yes, you saw that banner hit the ground running. Everything is going. Uh, it's going okay. We got we got uh, John already throwing some throwing some comedy gold out there. Uh, this is this is an inside joke. If you don't know, uh, when I started this, I was like, should I call it Theo Live? I'm still. I'm still kind of like, I don't know, maybe I should call it something else. But uh, like the fear was that people would think that my name was Theo. It's not. It's Dean, like my channel name. But John, what you doing, man? What you doing? Uh, to answer your question, though, I'm doing okay. I'm a little frustrated, to be honest. Every time I try to do this live show, I have Ecamm. For some reason, they did a huge update and everyone's talking about it on YouTube and it's like so great Ecamm. I'm never going to get sponsored, never going to get one of those like affiliate links because every time I try to schedule a live stream, doesn't matter if I start through Ecamm or if I start on my computer or on the iPad, I've tried everything. Every time I have a scheduled live stream, it will not let me go live from that thing. It'll say I'm live and it'll look like I'm live, but I'm not live. So that's a little frustrating. Every time I start this thing up, I have to go through that. But you're not here to hear about Ecamm being all weird. Uh, John Adams hopping in here. Uh, like some of those videos, man. Uh, not some. Just like I've watched a few is what I should have said. And I like them. Uh, so uh, uh, go and check out his channel. He says, what's up? Um, we got some stuff going on today. I'm going to be talking about Mars Hill. I know. I know. I keep on I keep on talking about this thing. And I probably will stop. Probably. We'll see. It, it's, it, it's really interesting to me to listen to the podcast Christianity Today doing the rise and fall of mars hill and it's very interesting i have some connections you can go and watch my video you're probably here because you saw that video that video went crazy it, uh, at least for me by my standards it went insane and so a lot of people have come to my channel because of that video and i still have some thoughts and i also want to react a little bit to some of the things that i've seen on that video, some of the comments here, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Let's see. Uh, John Adams, I'm a Mac guy, but I hate how bad the platform is for streaming. Yes. Uh, like a lot of people love Ecamm. So like, I'm probably one of like the few that's just like, I don't know how this works uh, because I don't know how a lot of things work, which is why this came up uh, as I was just getting started. I should have hit that thing to hide, but you know, hey, like the video if you if you're watching here live do me a favor and like move your mouse i know it's a lot of work i know it's hard sometimes but you can move your mouse your cursor just over there and just click like and you know and if if i say some stuff that offends you you can take it back later and then you can hit the dislike and that's fine but just not while i'm live um but yeah uh let's see here uh, John Stallings, a lot of John, John's around here. Yeah, we, I got all the Johns just hanging out in the chat today. Only have a little bit of time. We'll probably hop out a little early before three Eastern time for a meeting. Uh, Hey, you got to do what you got to do, John. 
Uh, I appreciate you hopping in here at all, man. Uh, let's see, catching it while I can live, though I though to have a little interaction. I appreciate that. Makes a big difference. That's that's my whole goal with this idea, this Theo Live show is to try and just talk a little bit about theology, things that I'm interested in. And I think that if you care about theology and just the church in general, that you're probably pretty interested in as well. And let's just hop into it because uh, it's something that is really interesting for a lot of people. Uh, I, I, I so want to get, maybe, maybe one of these times I can get Mike Cosper on the show. And we could talk because I know he's done a lot of podcasts and uh, it would be cool if I could have him on the show and just ask him like about just like how popular this thing has been and what that's meant for him as he's trying to get everything together to actually put out these episodes. You know, here we are. Um, it's been going on for a couple months now. I think I think one of the first episodes was in like July. And here we are almost in November and they still haven't finished up this, uh, this 12 episode arc. So I'm sure like there's just been so much coming at him. I would be so interested to know like what he had to do to get all this to actually come to a completion here. Um, but that's, that's for another day today. I want to talk about, uh, my video. Uh, because I made this video and I've talked about it a little bit in the first Theo Live episode. You can go and watch that one maybe after uh, where I got into a little bit of why I made that video and some of the things that I was seeing specifically from the episodes. Um, but I made this video in the beginning of August and it's got 12,000 views, which is huge for a little channel like mine. And, uh, there have been a lot of different comments and I've, I'm still not sure how to really like mold the comment section. Uh, there's sometimes where I'll just like, be like, Oh, block, you know, <laughs> just like, Oh, remove that comment. Uh, but sometimes I want to let it just kind of ride out and, and have some people interacting when it's, you know, profitable and not, you know, just like name calling or just getting like really into the weeds about things. I've had to stop some things pretty early on, on some of my videos, just because people, people say some weird stuff when you can't actually see them. Uh, but there's also been a lot of stuff that as I've been watching, uh, people comment on this video that I've been like really encouraged by some of it. And there've been some thoughts that I, I really want to highlight of uh, where people are coming from and what they're getting out of this podcast. And, and even, even if you don't listen to the podcast, I think it's still worthwhile to have this conversation because most likely, you know, who Mark Driscoll is, you know, the idea of Mars Hill, the, uh, you know, bunch of campuses, you know, like the whole celebrity pastor culture, all of that. Um, so you, you, you can probably relate. You can take out Mark Driscoll's name and insert whoever that celebrity pastor is, or take out Mars Hill and insert whoever, whatever church that you have in your area. That's like a big mega church. And, uh, you know, as a pastor around the area in Seattle, um, you know, you hear a lot about some of the stuff that happened there and people being hurt and coming to your church and, 
you know, your friend group and all those kind of things. So I'm sure that you could relate to what we're going to be talking about uh, in these comments. Even if you haven't watched it, let me know in uh, if you're here watching live. Uh, I see a few of you guys are. Uh, so if you're here live, let me know if you've watched it, how far you've gotten. Uh, and definitely I want to know your thoughts. That's why I titled it uh, this way for the stream today. I want to know your thoughts. You've kind of heard my thoughts and I'll be interacting with some of these comments and you know it's my live stream so I got to talk right <laughs> but uh I I definitely want to know what you're thinking about this thing and whether you agree with some of my thoughts or whether you just think I'm out for lunch I'm hungry all right uh John Adams hopping in again I will I always wonder what it's like in Mark's church today like are people leaving or do they think it's all false accusation uh that's a really good question um, you know, I think that we've all had, uh, leadership challenged in our churches. And I will say that there's always an immediate defense, uh, of our people, right? Like it's always like just the way that our minds are wired. There's always like an us versus them mentality. So when we hear things that are about our people, we're usually like walls up, and it's time to fight this thing out. So I would assume that that has been there, but I'm sure that there are people uh, who are genuinely interested in what this podcast has to say and genuinely evaluating their pastor uh, and everything that happened before. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not that church's fault uh, for what happened in Seattle. They weren't there. Um, but that being said, to allow more things to happen there in, uh, well, it's not Phoenix, Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona, there at Trinity Church, that's his new church. Uh, that's when you start getting into uh, some problems with uh, the people holding him accountable. Uh, and we'll we'll kind of interact with this. So let's uh, let's go over here and let's look at a few of these comments. And, oh, John Hayes, I think I'm about all the way caught up on the episodes. Awesome, man. Uh, let me know what you, you're thinking about it so far. Uh, I would love to know. Um, yeah, it's it's been a little bit easier, right, because of the spacing of these episodes. Uh, you know, not all of us listen to like nine or ten podcasts, hour-long podcasts a week, like me, everywhere I go. I have it on doing dishes, have podcasts on driving the car podcast on kids are trying to talk to me about what's going on in their lives. Podcast on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, let's see. John Stallings did not see your video, but have been listening to the podcast. Pretty tragic situation all around. Many years ago, I came out of mega church that had quite a bit of sin at the top. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we can all relate, John. Uh, you know, we, maybe it wasn't a mega church for me. I've never been a member at a mega church, uh, but I've certainly been at churches that, uh, the leadership just wasn't held accountable. And when sin isn't held accountable, it just creates more and more sin becomes a bigger issue. And then people get hurt. Right. Uh, so I, I, I feel you on that one. Uh, John Hayes, Again, just the Johns, the ministry being effective shouldn't be the test of whether someone is following biblical values. Amen, brother. Uh, yeah, 
this is this is going to be a theme as we look at some of these comments. Now, uh, I wanted to be fair uh, to the people who commented on the this video, and you know they didn't probably comment with the idea that their comment was going to be you know just blasted to everybody. Not that this video is going to get around to everybody, uh, but um, you know I'm just trying to be fair to them, and I'm trying to see these comments in the best of light. I think that's important when we're having dialogue with one another. Um, the, the Bible says in Philippians that we are supposed to uh, think more highly of others than we do of ourselves. What I get out of that is that we're supposed to give each other the benefit of a doubt and not just assume the worst of intentions when we see things. Uh, and, and that should also apply to Mark Driscoll, uh, although his stuff a lot more easy to see, right, than some stranger commenting on a video. Uh, but let's let's look at the first one here. This one this one's super important, and it was a good catch, and it made me feel good. <laughs> but I wanted to start with this one. Is that a Roman Reigns shirt you're wearing? If so, that is awesome. Theology Central. I don't know if you are going to watch this, but I, I was like, all right, cool. Somebody saw it. And I, there were a couple other comments that were like, Hey, isn't that Roman reigns? And yeah, yeah. You know, acknowledge me, acknowledge me. Maybe you don't get that. If you don't get that and you're here in the chat, I'm sorry. Or if you're watching on the rewatch, uh, also, if you're watching on the rewatch, hop, hop in with us on Mondays, you know, be on the lookout. You got to keep on your toes, apparently, whether I'm going to be live streaming in the afternoon or late at night. But, you know, that's why you got to subscribe to the channel. Uh, let's see here. John Hayes, that's kind kind of what has been jumping out as I hear the repeat theme uh, during the interviews with people. Definitely. All right. Uh, let's look here. That was just for fun. That's for kicks and giggles. Let's look at this one, though. All right, so it says, I have been stunned how the Mars Hill story has mirrored my own church experience. I mean, to a T. I have to imagine it's been the same for a lot of others. It really does affirm the systemic issues a lot of us probably have suspected existed within American evangelicalism. For a while now, it's heartbreaking and has left a lot of damaged and jaded individuals rethinking the basis of their faith. But I don't think that's a bad thing. We should... Uh, periodically re-examine what role the church plays in our seeking of the kingdom. A lot of those people hurt by Driscoll are going to find themselves with a more defined sense of their relationship with Jesus without the conduct uh, conduit of a slick-talking preacher. And despite the pain of the process, that is a good thing. I really appreciated this comment because, one, whenever you go online and say, this is my experience, that's a dangerous thing. It's like when uh, people in your real life find out, oh, you have a YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to find you out <laughs> or you have a Twitter. What are you saying on that Twitter? You know, like that kind of thing. Uh, so whenever someone gives like their personal experience, I always want to just like applaud that person for being honest and transparent and just saying that. Um, and like what John Stallings was saying just a minute ago. Uh, like a lot of us have those kind of experiences in our background. And so a lot of us can relate. And I think that's really why this podcast has become so popular. It's not just because it's Mark Driscoll, like Mark Driscoll is just another guy, right? But it's because he is so similar 
to a lot of the leadership that we've seen or that we've experienced. And that's why we can all relate to this thing. It's why a lot of people are listening. But I like what he says here, or this this individual. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's a man or a woman at this point. I just blocked out all the names. Um, but uh, I like what they say here because they're saying like, you can't just accept someone else's faith and call it your own. You know, like this this idea of going and serving under, you know, some megachurch celebrity uh, who ha- who is really charismatic, and maybe they are a really good preacher, a uh, really good evangelist, and you can kind of become attached to that person, and you're not really attached to the Christian faith, you're attached to one person. And it seems that this individual was saying that's what they kind of went through and what they see happening around them is a lot of people now becoming detached from that person and re-examining their faith and re-examining, am I really in this thing for the right reasons? Am I a genuine Christian? Am I actually, uh, should I be involved in this denomination? Is it the theology that I agree with? Should I be somewhere else? And now we're starting to really develop our own ideas. Uh, so I would agree with that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, painful, like this individual says, it's really painful to go through this process. Um, But it is enlightening once you get to the other side of it. Once you get through it, uh, you can look back and be like, okay, I've figured out a lot of stuff for myself. Um, You know, Heather and I, Heather and I uh, left. I, I, I have a hard time explaining it because like we were never fundamentalists, or at least like since we, we've been adults, we were never fundamentalists, but we, we were just kind of on the verge of these fellowships and churches, uh, that were, and we, we made just a sharp left turn. Like just, we, we didn't want to be involved with that world anymore. Some of the things that happen and that's been really hard for us, but we were just talking about this last night, actually, how thankful we are to not be involved in that, even though it was really painful and sometimes still is. And everyone who's gone through church hurt, like this individual is talking about, I think we can all relate to, you know, the idea that that pain is in the past. Yes, but it still has an effect on us. And, and, but at the same time, Heather and I, we were talking and we're just like, oh, we're so glad. Think about all the, the things that we we've changed on just slightly, not like leaving the faith at all. Uh, but just uh, coming to a, a firmer grasp of where we're at theologically, um, a firmer grasp on me being able to say, yes, I'm a Reformed Baptist. Uh, and because of that, you know, not having to hold on to certain things. So I think, uh, I think this individual gets it really right when they're talking about how it can be a good thing. And this is where the sovereignty of God is so great because, uh, you know, I did, I did just say I'm a Reformed Baptist, so I have to talk about the sovereignty of God. But it's true. God is sovereign and he is good. And even though these bad things, like objectively bad things, these kind of experiences that we have at churches with poor leadership, uh, with abusive leadership, um, you know, those are objectively bad, awful things to happen to people. And yet... And yet God can use that to draw you closer to himself. Isn't that amazing? Like, that's just a wonderful thing that we can look in our lives and see even like our most painful moments uh, of relationship. 
you know, uh, we all have painful moments outside of the church world, but, uh, just in our relationships, those, those painful moments of even like betrayal, God can use that to actually draw you closer to himself and actually help you to kind of shape where you're at theologically. And I, I thought that was such a, a good observation from this individual. Uh, let's see. John Hayes, not on the island of relevancy there, Theo. <laughs> uh, Reformed Baptist, rise up. Oh, John Adams, are you Reformed? Oh, man, we got we to gotta get together maybe offline or something, and uh, maybe we could do something. Um, yeah, uh, Reformed Baptists. All right, let's talk about uh, this next one here. Uh, not that one, this one. All right. Uh, whether or not he did good or not isn't the issue. Did he stand firm on biblical doctrine, preach the gospel, and exegete scripture correctly? Seven minutes in, and I have no idea about what you think. Uh, I got to admit, when I first saw this one, I was a little like, oh, for real? Um, but honestly, I do beat around the bush a lot. So uh, this person actually probably has a point of me just like talking and you know, this is why every live stream that I do is like an hour long, even though I don't really have all that much to talk about. I was scrambling today, to be honest, of what I was going to say. Uh, so, but it'll still probably go for an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> so, uh, that's just part of it. Uh, but it probably has a point there. But, uh, what I want us to really focus on here is whether or not he did good or not isn't the issue. Did he stand firm? And this this is what the person cares about. Uh, biblical doctrine, preaching the gospel, and exegeting scripture correctly. Um, this, this, to me, is troubling uh, of where individuals... Like I said, it's not about this specific commenter. I think that when people go online and they comment something, they're probably speaking for a larger demographic than just them. You know, there's, there's more people that would align with that. Uh, and in some of these, you'll see some of the likes that the, these comments got. Um, by the way, I didn't even know that like people were interacting with each other. I'm still figuring out how to do YouTube guys. Um, but, um, like I, I just totally was unaware that people were actually having conversations on a lot of my videos. Um, but yeah, uh, whether or not he did good or not, isn't the issue. So Basically, what this individual is saying is, as long as you got the right theology, you're good. If you have the right theology and you um, preach the word, then that's what really matters. And whether or not you do good. Here's the problem with that. You can't have gospel preaching. You can't have gospel teaching without gospel culture. You just can't. Um, now, theologically, we can get into the weeds about uh, the perseverance of the saints and things like that, and we can talk about the effect that the gospel has in our lives and that it certainly will have an effect. Um, and we, we typically, we talk about this as our sanctification in our life. Uh, but if there is none, I would say that you don't have correct theology. And if you see so much hurt and pain caused by an individual, 
I think that you could look at that individual and say that that person isn't doing things properly. You can't be a good preacher and be spiritually abusive. You can't because it impacts who you are. Uh, this, this is going to come again in another comment here. Uh, but you, if you are looking for a preacher, you're looking for uh, a pastor, and if they're a jerk, but they preach good sermons, I, I, I would say you need to run. Like there, there are more issues to be had if that individual is, is a mean individual, which I think it is completely fair and objective to say that Mark Driscoll, uh, specifically time frame wise with Mars Hill, uh, was a mean individual. He was abusive, uh, toward his congregation and, uh, you know, just dominating. And these are not things that come from good gospel preaching because you can't have it. You can't have it both ways. You can't have someone who's saying, oh, this is great teaching. And then they're living a completely different life than what they're saying from that stage as hypocrisy. Uh, we can't, uh, just get rid of like that individual's life and just look at what they have on a screen. That's why here, this, this whole thing of me talking to you guys, this is great, but you should not call me like a godly man if you don't know me. You, you shouldn't like look at me as like a, a, like a really good teacher without actually knowing my life. Uh, that's that's the, the test, really, uh, of, of a good teacher is actually how they live their lives. So it's important, yes, if you do good, and you have good theology, then that makes you a good teacher. But if you can do all these things, if you have biblical doctrine, preach the gospel and exegete scripture correctly, but do not have love, what does the word of God say, right? Uh, so I, I just thought that was very troubling. Uh, and I think that gets to like this results issue thing of we just want results. And as long as that person is having this church growing and people are getting saved, then they, then they're good, right? They're a good teacher. God's obviously blessing them. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, let's get back in here. John Adams. We went through a really hard transition about six months ago where I completely questioned my calling as a pastor. Now that we're a bit down the road from that, I am glad God used it in a great way. Isn't that just great? That's awesome, man. Uh, not awesome that you went through it. <laughs> uh, been there. Uh, I remember uh, as an assistant pastor looking out the window, watching the mailman and just being like, oh, to be a mailman. <laughs> like I just started having like this, this daydream of like, oh, to be a mailman. Wouldn't that be the life? And I actually tried it out and I was like, ah, oh, should I be in ministry at all? Uh, because of some of the things that I was seeing there, my first church experience there was, there was some stuff, uh, but God used it just like God used that experience in your life. Um, heck yeah, man talking. I'm pretty sure about being reformed Baptist and we can bro it out on that. Uh, John Hayes, there's more to ministry than just the public part of ministry. Yes, absolutely. Like that's like, like the tip of the iceberg, man. Like you got to be with people. This is, this is one of the things that just as, as a person who cares about people, I really have trouble with those pastors who are like, 
I got to be in the study for 40 hours working on my sermon. And then I'll, I might, you know, uh, cause I only take one day off. I might have another day where I can meet with people. It's like, that's not, that's not actual ministry. You got to be with people. Um, actions on interacting with others should line up to what is brought, probably meant taught. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Let's, let's look at this uh, next one here. All right. One of the dangers concerning this whole fiasco is that people will ignore the fact that Driscoll, though he did it improperly, was addressing real issues. As a result, people may go overboard in the opposite direction. As Martin Luther said, humanity is like a drunk man falling off the right side of a horse and believe, uh, believes the solution is to get back on the uh, fall off the left side too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I love the analogy. And yes, this is another one of those comments that I was like, ah, this person, this person understands. Cause it's true. Um, that the way that Mark Driscoll did it just for me and this, I don't mean for this episode to just be like, Mark Driscoll is the worst over and over again. Okay. Uh, you can listen to the podcast for that. Um, but I just, I'm just saying that like, you can look at what he did and how he did it and you can see flaws. And, um, at the same time, you know, there was a lot of people who needed to hear things like what he said. Uh, there were real issues as someone who grew up in Seattle, uh, that, I mean, the Pacific Northwest is spiritually dead. It just is, uh, the churches that exist most of them are so liberal that they've given up the gospel. Uh, I mean, not just like on like spiritual gifts or something like as a Baptist might look at and say, well, that's liberal or whatever. But I mean, just like, I mean, they're, they're way out, way out in left field. And Driscoll was someone saying, Hey, we actually care about the Bible and what it has to say. He wrote that book doctrine, which looking back, isn't the greatest systematic theology, <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same time, he was speaking to people who had never heard the word doctrine and he was trying to help them to understand that theology matters. Uh, so like there, and then when you get into masculinity and, uh, you know, like husbands leading in the home and praying over their wives, uh, a lot of that was abusive. Check out the podcast for that stuff. But, um, I think there is a point there to be said, you know, guys have a hard time growing up now. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because we don't have any kind of like celebration of, you know, this is when you become a man and this is what it looks like to be a man. We don't have that in this culture. And so we just kind of have like this weird adolescent period where we're just kind of gradually growing up even into our thirties now getting married super late and making terrible sexual decisions before then, all that kind of stuff. And Driscoll was there to point young men and say, that's not what you need to be doing. If you call yourself a Christian, that is totally offensive to God and you need to act righteously. Um, that, that is a good thing. There, there were points that Driscoll had that were so needed for young men specifically to hear at the same time. There were a lot of points that they didn't need to hear and a lot of points that were neglected for women 
and actually really hurtful toward women. Um, but let's see here. Uh, John Adams. All right, I'm out. Got to pick up the kids. Great work as always, Dean. Appreciate it. Um, hey, uh, hit me up on Instagram, man. Uh, hit me up uh, at Grumpy Baptist, and uh, maybe we can we could talk offline. Uh, Dear Will Christian, great work, Dean. Uh, thanks, thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. Uh, man, your channel's taken off. That's awesome to see, man. Uh, so great work, right back at you. Um, let's let's go to the next one here. All right. You don't know why this story is being done now. This is a takedown. CT has been about canceling Driscoll for years. Uh, and this is something that I saw, not just in this comment, but in a lot of comments. Uh, a lot of people just going right at Christianity today, like right at them and saying like, this is Christianity today, just trying to cancel, you know, another conservative Christian uh, and focusing on that. Um, if that was true, they there there would be a lot more. Like they haven't written any articles about uh, Mark Driscoll, at least not that I know of. Uh, and I looked, um, but I don't think that they've been trying to cancel him for years. And when I was talking about like why I didn't know why they were doing the story, it's because people like uh, Warren Thockmorton, um, when he was with what what is it, Pathos, Pathos whatever that website is, uh, he was doing some reporting for them and he was like given all the details. So that's what I meant was, I don't know why that, you know, why he's doing the podcast because I mean, come on, there's only, there's only so much that can get out there. Right. Um, but I think it's important to say that I don't think Christianity today was trying to cancel Driscoll. Uh, and they certainly haven't been doing it for years uh, because there's really nothing to be found on it. Um, but this was also a theme that went around to a few other comments, and we'll get to it. Uh, my observation is that certain pastors have a shtick, and his was the role of men in the church. Why don't they just stick to expository preaching and stop over-focusing on one aspect of the gospel? And this I wish I had like a little button that I could press and it would be like confetti. Uh, yes, this, this got me like, this is the best. This is the best comment that I think was, that was left on the video because I think it's true. Like so many pastors just have a shtick. They have some gimmick. They have some, some area where they, it might not even be area of expertise. It might just be like, this is like what they, really enjoy talking about and what people react to and uh, they just go with it and they're always talking about it and they go to a scripture passage and doesn't talk about that thing at all but they just use that as a diving board to talk about the thing that they know will get people to listen and uh, I see it all the time when I'm listening to different people's sermons I see it locally uh, of people having like something that they personally are really they, they're just passionate about, they're active on that thing, and that just becomes their gimmick that they're always talking about. And they don't actually preach the text. They jump off of that and they actually talk about whatever they want to talk about, some cultural issue, some political issue, something like that, when it's not anywhere in the text and even by application is like a stretch. Uh, so I really appreciated this comment because, um, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it in that 
that term of a shtick, just like a gimmick. Um, but I, I think that was, that was pretty accurate, especially for what was going on at the time. Let's look at this one. The rise and fall of Mars Hill is a frontal assault against the evangelical church by pro word. I'm not going to say because apparently that's not a word you could say on YouTube. Um, but you can read it there. Uh, feminists, progressives, evangelicals, Driscoll was just a prop. Sad that people didn't see through Cosper's ideological shtick. So again, with the shtick stuff, um, this comment, uh, I, I actually responded to this individual because like, like they're just kind of throwing at Cosper. And I wondered if they even knew anything about him. Like, I don't know him, but I've read his books and they're actually really good. <laughs> and, um, uh, it's like his rhythms of grace. If you're a worship leader or even a pastor rethinking worship, that's a great book to have. Like that's, that's gold right there. Um, and Cosper is a conservative Christian when it comes to things, uh, like what he is specifically talking about here. Uh, so this, this is just like the kind of nonsense I think comes out sometimes when people are just really passionate about an individual and they just like start attacking individuals cause they can't really attack what's actually being said. Um, but yeah. Let's look at uh, just a couple more here. Have you watched any of Mark's sermons from Trinity? If not, I'd recommend taking the time to do so. This this font is way too small, Dean. Uh, God seems to be work, uh, worked in some seriously amazing ways, and him following all of this, even his demeanor is far more gentle. And you could read the rest there. Um this this is one that uh, I look at and I go, I have, I have watched it. And I've seen people read the room. Mark Driscoll is a smart man. I don't know if he reads a book a day, but he's definitely a smart individual. And I think that he saw what was going on around him and changed his ways for a season. I will admit that uh, when he first launched his church, um, he seemed very uh, contrite. Uh, he, he seemed like he may be humbled. Uh, but at the same time, you watch his videos now. Um, it's interesting. Uh, this might get Jason riled up. <laughs> But you you have your channel where you can talk about woke stuff. Uh, I just kind of shoot off my head. Uh, but, um, you know, now he's talking about wokeness and, uh, you know, just the church going liberal and going all woke. And why do you think he's doing that? I'm just saying, like, people are smart. Obviously, he was so intelligent when it came to... Um, you know, really figuring out how uh, to market himself and market the church and what was popular and what could work. He was he was a genius with marketing, and and so I look at this and I go, it might have been, it might have been true, but look what what's happening now. Uh, even I should have I should have uh, taken a, a picture. Uh, but even yesterday, uh, I saw it going around Twitter of like him posting a picture um, of him at his pool 
which like whatever, a lot of people in Arizona have a pool. Uh, but he was, he was basically saying like, I have this because of all of my haters. It's like, ah, I don't know. Like, that's not the right tone a pastor should take, even when he's criticized. Like, I don't, I don't think that's appropriate. Um, so I would, I would caution people who are thinking this way and they're watching, you know, the, the Trinity stuff now, and they haven't seen the Mark Driscoll stuff. Maybe they're not even listening to the podcast because this is their, their leader. Maybe they're not even physically there, but they're watching him online. I would just caution and say that people, uh, people can change, um, you know, their tone for a season. They could read the room and kind of see, okay, this isn't working. I need to take a different approach. And then their true nature comes out. I'm not saying that's necessarily what's going to happen there at Trinity. Although if you hear what uh, Julie Roy's was reporting, I'm not the biggest fan of her, but um, there was, there was something she was reporting a couple months ago about some tactics that seemed pretty dang familiar from uh, the Mark Driscoll stuff. Uh, let's see. Agape Center Coldwater. I actually listened to all the episodes a month ago throughout the span of a week. Have some thoughts around it. Well, I'd be interested to know uh, what your thoughts are. Um, yeah, uh, I'm glad you were able to catch up on it. Uh, let's uh, just go through a couple more of these things. Then I have something else I want to talk about if we got time. Uh, separate the art. Oh, this one. Yeah. <laughs> separate the art from the artist, like R. Kelly. I still like his music and listen to it. And I still think Mark's preaching is really good and biblical. Um, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't separate a pastor and his life. Um, you can't separate a teacher and how he lives out that teaching. Uh, I get what they're saying. Like it's hard. Some of those are Kelly songs. I mean, you go like all I think about is Space Jam, to be honest. <laughs> but like, I get it. You you like those songs. You want to keep with them. Michael Jackson. This is one that's for me. Um, you know, I I like some of Michael Jackson's stuff, but at the same time, you know, life. Well, it's one thing for a song for you to hear a song and not associate it with who's singing it. It's another thing to hear a preacher who is pouring out his heart, or at least that's the idea, um, his, his life, his, his mind, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones preaching his logic on fire, right? Uh, that's, that comes from the individual thinking through the text and then giving it out. And you cannot separate that. You cannot separate the person uh, from the teaching. And usually the things that are going on in the person's life are going to directly impact that teaching. Um, I haven't listened to a whole lot of Driscoll's new stuff. Uh, but I will say like, there's no way that the stuff going on in his life, whether it's good, whether it's bad are not impacting his life. Uh, so I, I don't think you can separate the art from the artist when it comes to biblical preaching. And I wouldn't call it good and biblical if they're living a lifestyle that's contrary to what the Bible actually says. Uh, Colton, I love listening to the Mars Hill podcast. I am 21 starting out in pastoral ministry. SBC, actually, I appreciate your thoughts. Thanks, man. I remember you hopping in on another one of the live streams. Appreciate your support and good luck, man. Uh, going through Namby. Um, uh, 
Yeah, that's, that should be good stuff. Awesome. Uh, let's look at the next one here. Uh, let's go down to this one. And I got to go get that word. All right. Mark Rocks. You guys don't know church history. It's full of men who lead strong, weren't perfect, and did great things for Christ. Um, and got a like. Uh, if, if you like him, I get why someone would come out with this and just be like, well, I like him. Um, but to say that you don't know church history, I will say not to be prideful. This is my, this is my show. I can say what I want. I'm just going to say I've got a bachelor's and two graduate degrees that kind of say, I kind of know a little bit about church history, just saying. But at the same time, uh, when I look at church history, and when I look back, I, I see men who say one thing and do another, and history never looks fondly at that. The truth usually comes out. Uh, maybe it doesn't. Maybe there are people uh, that we look at and we say, oh, they were great individuals. I, I can think of a few theologians, actually, uh, that a lot of people love, and they don't know what, that, what those individuals did in their secret life. Um, so probably a lot of them look at them and say, oh, they were, they were great. They were strong leaders. Um, and it's true that God uses broken people to do great things that he uses, um, people who have issues, um, and shortcomings and failures because we all have issues and shortcomings and failures and God still chooses to use us. But at the same time, there's a difference between God using someone and someone using God, uh, using the idea of God and the gospel to do things. So um, I, I would I would caution this person to say, look at church history and see people that were looked at at the time of having good teaching, but then later things were found out. Uh, there's story after story when it comes to that. Uh, Agape Center coming in. Mars Hill displays what is evident in uh, us as people. We choose comfort, experience, and optics over contentment in Christ. The former is the uh, precursor to disappointment and hurt. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. Uh, oftentimes we will choose that. And I think that was, yeah, I think that was at display there at Mars Hill. Uh, let's, uh, go up here. Uh, there's a lot of comments like this. I'm going to just kind of have this on the screen and then I'll go over to another one. Um, but there's a lot of comments that are like this of like, uh, I would go to the church or I know him and you know, he isn't really this way. Well, other people knew him and went to his church and they say otherwise, and people act differently around different people. Um, let's go down here. This is one that came in just, uh, a couple hours ago, nine hours ago from when I took this screenshot. This is all Satan's plan to pull us away from God by attacking pastors for not being perfect. Who in their right mind think that any man is without sin other than Jesus when he walked on the earth? I appreciate pastor Mark's sermons and I believe he is preaching the word of God. I don't judge. The only one that can truly judge is God. Read the Bible and you will find out that God chooses flawed men to teach and spread his word. 
Satan is the ultimate critic and never stops trying to separate us from God. If you are waiting for the perfect man to preach the word of God, you were born about 2,000 years too late. This is one that I think speaks for more people than what maybe they would put it differently. Um, but I think it speaks for more people than just this individual. Um, because I hear this, I hear this online sometimes when I'm like looking at, you know, people reacting to certain things and I hear things like it. Um, uh, one, I will say, notice, notice the wording, um, the ultimate critic. That is something that, um, Driscoll's really hounding right now. Uh, I watched a little bit of that, um, the woke stuff um, that he that he put out critical race theory versus Christian theory, which Christian theory isn't a thing. Um, <laughs> but you know, I get what he's trying to say, biblical worldview. Uh, but uh, if you watch him, he's really going after this idea of Satan being the critic, and you know, because critic and critical theory. They go together, so people just associate it with that. And so, I mean, if you listen to him talk, I, I only listened to about like maybe like 15 minutes of it, and he probably said it like 20 times uh, of Satan being the critic, the critic, the critic. Um, and I think this guy is definitely listening to him, and uh, that has an impact. That has an impact on your worldview. So I understand why this individual would be coming from this kind of a viewpoint. Um but I will say, uh, we aren't looking for perfect men. Uh, I'm not looking for a perfect man to preach the word of God. If that were true, I'd never be able to because I'm not perfect and I, I'm a preacher. So like, I, I know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I know that there is never going to be that perfect man that we all have our flaws, that we all are sinners and that God uses flawed individuals to accomplish his amazing goals. Um, yes, absolutely. That is, I mean, otherwise, why would we even try? Uh, but God works that way. Absolutely. But at the same time, he uses qualified men. You know, there's a difference. Um, there's a difference between being perfect and, and being qualified. First Timothy chapter three, there is a list of qualifications. And if you do meet them, then, and if you want to be a pastor, that's what it says, uh, for the one who, um, for a man who, um, wants this, this is what he needs to be. Uh, so if you want to be a pastor and you meet the qualifications and the church is rec uh, the church recognizes you, then you can preach. Um, but, if you are unqualified, then no, not when it comes to being like a pastor, an elder at a local church. And uh, I think that th there's this thing that's happening right now in our culture where if someone has a different point of view, they're automatically wrong and they always take the extreme form uh, of that view. And uh, I think that's what this individual is is saying here is, oh, well, you just must think that he's, I don't know, like the lowest of the low. And that's not what the podcast is getting at. And it's not what I got at. Um, and when it comes to not just him, but other pastors who have issues, um, that's, that's not what we're saying. But there's a difference between 
being like a terrible, horrible person and a qualified person. And it's not like there's, there's some room in between these things. And, And so we're not looking for perfect people. God isn't looking for perfect people. He is looking for people who meet the qualifications. And some of that obviously is the working of the Holy Spirit in that person's life to get them to that point where they're qualified to uh, shepherd at a local church uh, or shepherd a local church, not at. Um, But yeah, Uh, let's, let's hop into here and see what you guys are saying. Uh, Agape Center, churches are way too busy these days, straying away from biblical purpose and function. So in the end, the very end they want is more people in the pews uh, is countered with people being hurt and leaving the church all together. I would agree. Uh, I think churches are really focused right now on programs and uh, definitely with what's been going on the last two years. Um you know, that's put a damper on things. And so people are really trying to get back to that. And uh, that's how they view being a successful church. Uh, While in reality, what being a successful church means is glorifying God through obedience, uh, not through success in numbers. Uh, Agape Center coming in again. We're called to judge in the church as well, all while keeping ourselves in perspective as well. We sharpen and keep each other accountable once again, a primary purpose of church. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, I just kind of neglected that part. Um, Yeah, it's true. Uh, When he, when he says here, you know, I don't judge. The only one who could judge me is God. Uh, Not true. Actually, the church judges you (laughs) in a good way. Like when you become covenanted with a local church, that's one of the main ideas. As Hebrews says, people are really focusing on the not neglecting to meet together part these days, uh, but also pushing one another toward good works. That's part of the local church. You are supposed to push one another and say, brother, sister, you could do better. You could do better. You could, you, you need to stop sinning. Stop doing that. Focus on God. We push one another and we don't do it in an unloving way where we're always judging each other and being like, Hey, you know, I saw this, but when someone comes to you and says like, I'm having this problem in our life, you, you judge that accordingly. Is this biblical? Is it not? And then push that person toward good works toward living righteously. Uh, absolutely. Uh, let's look here. Um, right. No, 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 not that one. Not that one. This one. All right. Uh, nope. That's sorry. I have so many of these things up. Uh, not that one. <laughs> I'm figuring things out. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll just say that this person was very similar to the other one who was saying like, this is my friend, this is my church. Uh, he isn't this way toward me kind of a thing. And to those people, I will say like, as someone who's had to deal with all kinds of abuse, um, both in my personal life and also in my life, um, uh, as a, as a pastor, uh, you will be shocked, um, by what, people who you would say would never act that way to you will do to others and then might do to you in the future. So I'll just, I'll just say that, but I just wanted to kind of show 
a few of these comments and it's not to just like say, oh, these people have bad ideas. Some of them I, I talked about in a very positive light because they they said some really great things. Um, but uh, I wanted to kind of just show that because I think a lot of people are dealing with these kinds of things, not just with Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill, but specifically with their own local churches. Uh, and I think that even, you know, uh, the amount of people that we've had hopping into the chat today kind of shows like uh, that there's um, a lot of us are thinking through these things and we're thinking about this church and we're seeing, you know, is that something that I see in my personal life that I've experienced? Um, you know, things with Mark Driscoll, is that something that I've experienced as well? Uh, so I think there's there's a lot to that. So um, maybe that was helpful for you. Maybe it was just, uh, you know, a little bit of venting for me, <laughs> but I, you know, if people have thoughts, I want to interact with them and it's, it's easier to make a video, honestly. So if you watch this and maybe you're one of those people who commented those things, it's fine. We can have a conversation about these things. Um, but I think it's important for us to think biblically rather than just focus on a narrative that's filled through a preacher. Um, on that vein, uh, do, do I want to, how long have we been going? We've been going for about an hour. I just want to show one thing. Uh, I want to show one thing that I saw that's really troubling to me, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm here in Canada, and we've been dealing with a lot uh, as far as the church and the role of government and whew, so much um, back and forth with other brothers and sisters on these kinds of issues lockdowns and uh, the necessity of the gathering of the whole church and all of that's been really troubling. Uh, one of the most troubling aspects of that has been a lot of people, and I'll just be really honest, cards on the table, a lot of people coming from the church must gather as a whole group who are unwilling to uh, obey any of the health restrictions, not just now, but even in like, I think we're coming down on it. Not my province. We're actually in the worst of it that we've ever had. Um, but a lot of the provinces they've gone through, um, you know, this pandemic and now it's kind of lulling out and, um, but not here, which is sad because Christmas is coming and might be another Christmas where we don't, even though my in-laws are like, couple blocks that way and we weren't able to do christmas with them last year and it looks like that's probably going to happen again this year actually our premiere is uh giving a state of the province today and i'm expecting there to be some more restrictions there anyways i bring this up to talk about what some pastors have been doing some pastors have been elevating cults i'm just gonna say it as flat out as i can um, there is a cult called the church of God restoration. Uh, maybe you've heard of it, uh, by my statistics, my analytics all tell me that like 65% of my audience is in the United States. And, uh, there's plenty of these churches in the United States. Uh, but we do have, I think I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but I think there are like nine nine of these Church of God Restoration churches here in Canada. There's one in Steinbeck, Manitoba, and one that's been 
at the forefront of a lot of things is in Aylmer, Ontario, pastored by Henry Hildebrandt. And you might have seen that name because uh, he's gained quite a following over this whole thing. Uh, and a lot of pastors have actually elevated this man. Uh, and I saw something today that was just so disappointing. Um, so this is a tweet from Franklin Graham who you probably know, um, Billy Graham's son. Pastor Tobias Tyson was arrested and jailed related to an order banning outdoor gatherings of over five people. Then he had to spend an extra night in jail for refusing to accept a condition that would have required him not to preach at his church services. Um, Tobias Tyson is a cult leader. Uh, it's flat out. This is a well-known cult here in Canada. Uh, there have been plenty of reports uh, about uh, the abuse of children, the abuse of minors. Uh, you can, if you just even here on YouTube, uh, type in after this video, Church of God Restoration, and you'll see plenty of videos uh, detailing some of the teachings from their apostles. Um, and yes, they do have apostles and it's not just like the charismatic version of apostles. They believe that they are fully inspired, that they are the 12 apostles. They're the 12 apostle, uh, apostles of revelation and that they actually can write revelation. They believe that they have the power within themselves to write scripture and that they can take away people's salvation. Uh, there's a recording of one of these apostles who's preached there in Aylmer, Ontario, and would be friends of Tobias Tyson, uh, who went down to a church in New Mexico and demanded that the church does whatever it takes for them to give, it was like thousands of dollars, tonight before I leave. And if you don't, I'm going to take away your salvation. He said that. Like this, this church is, it's not debatable. It's a cult. And I've seen so many leaders. Um, there's, there's a, a pastor who's actually very popular in the movement um, out in Ontario. Oh, I'll, I'll just say uh, Dr. Rock over in Ontario. Uh, has made a lot of statements about how the church must gather and then also holding hands, taking pictures with Henry Hildebrandt. And uh, that was troubling enough. But now to see Franklin Graham, uh, who has a platform, uh, rising up and saying, Tobias Harris, Pastor Tobias Tyson, or whatever his name. Now, am I happy that this man went to jail? No. Of course not. He's a person. I don't want him to go to jail for what's happening here. Um, you know, all this stuff with this isn't an issue. Let me let me put it this clearly. This isn't an issue. I'm not talking about pastors going to prison. What I am talking about is how Franklin Graham just took a cult leader who is swindling people out of their salvation if they were ever saved, uh, who is not preaching the gospel, preaching a contrary gospel, and is saying that this person, uh, this pastor, uh, he's not able to preach at his church services, and people are not going to do the research 
I mean, Frank didn't. <laughs> like, he didn't do the research. People aren't going to do the research. They're just going to say that, uh, oh, this must be a good pastor. He just gave credibility. That's what these people are doing. When they're, when they're, you know, trying to hold hands and say, like, we agree on this political issue, I'm sure, I'm sure that Dr. Rock does not agree with the theology of Henry Hildebrandt uh, and others in that, that camp. They don't agree with the theology, but because they have this political tie together, they're giving them credibility by not calling them out and calling them what they are. They are a cult. They're leading people astray. And Franklin Graham just did Canada a huge disservice uh, and, and giving some credibility to, to this individual pastor and this movement. And honestly, it's shameful. Uh, I just wanted to talk about that because I saw it and I was like, mm. it's disappointing. Anyways, uh, let's see. Uh, Agape Center has a few comments here and then we'll get gone. Jesus says to remove the plank from your eye to properly remove the speck in your brothers. I speak from a pastor's viewpoint as well. I am a church planter and been a pastor for five years. Appreciate that, man. I think you were talking about the idea of judging earlier. Uh, Agape Center, restored church of God teaches binatarian theology rather than trinitarian they believe that the godhead temporarily consists of jesus the messiah as a creator and spokesman and god the father thank you thank you cult they're heretical teachers and they have no accountability for their leaders their leaders can come in and take everybody's money and force them to uh, at the cost of their salvation. But Franklin Graham says, I'm a little, I'm a little miffed at that one. All right. Uh, I'm going to get gone before I say something that will get me in trouble, but I appreciate everyone hopping in on this live stream. It's been fun to interact with you guys. And I'm going to have a video coming out in a couple days talking about Maybe, maybe I should do a deep dive on the Church of God restoration, make a video about that. But I have a video coming out about Halloween and whether Christians should celebrate because I haven't made one of those yet. Uh, Agape coming in one last time. Their God family doctrine states that every human who ever lived may be spiritually born and enter into the Godhead. Yeah, gross. Yeah, gross. Uh, you'll find lots of different things. Lots, 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 lots about their theology okay i'm done brother <laughs> i appreciate it man i'm not saying for you i'm just needing to get gone uh got some things to do and so you can never comment enough but uh that's that's always cool i love doing these live streams and it makes it way more fun when people interact like you do uh so appreciate it anyways um if you haven't already give it uh give this video a like i see we got seven likes uh it's great um but also subscribe to the channel so you know when we're doing another live show next monday and all the other videos that i'll be doing might have a couple coming out this week we'll see how the week goes but thanks for watching and i will see you next time